0: Hello, hello, Crypto 101ers. This is Bryce, your new host. And this is Pizza Mine. And we got
1: Matthew Aaron. Hi, everybody.
0: Your uh, beloved and departing host. And we have a very special guest tonight. Uh, his name is Ben Mesrick. And he is the author of his latest book called Bitcoin Billionaires, which outlines the life of the Winklevoss twins. Um, ben is an acclaimed nonfiction author on many topics. He's a Harvard graduate. He's written about topics such as UFOs, Russian oligarchs, online poker, and now Bitcoin. Ben, why don't you introduce yourself to the, to the audience sure, here? Thanks thanks for having
2: <laughs> me. I'm, hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here.
0: So the Winklevoss twins, they currently run a, a world-class crypto exchange called Gemini. Right. Uh, they have a lot of venture investments. How'd you meet these guys?
2: So I've actually known them for, for a long time. I wrote the book that became the movie, The Social Network. Um, so back in, I think it was 2007, when I started that project, I was first approached by Eduardo Saverin, who, um, if you remember the movie, was the one who, right. who you know, <laughs> him and Zuckerberg were battling over being co-founders. And the first people I reached out to were the Wingelvoss twins. And I reached out to them via Facebook to interview them and they became one of my big sources for the social network. And, uh, you know, so I met them a long time ago in their previous incarnation so, you know, it was was in the battle to create social networks, which uh, was a very different revolution.
0: Yeah. Do you see a lot of similarities between how that is happening, like the social networks and maybe how things are unfolding in the crypto world?
2: I do. I mean, I think uh, it's the same energy. It's the same, you know, Mm -hmm. when I wrote Accidental Billionaires, people still didn't think that social networks were going to dominate like they did. You know, there had already been MySpace and Friendster, but they were on their way down. And the launch of Facebook was by no means, you know, a sure thing. I have the same feeling about Bitcoin and crypto. There's the same naysayers and the same people who don't get it or think it's something that won't catch on and so there are there are similarities between these two things, and I also think what Facebook was supposed to be is kind of what Bitcoin is also supposed to be, which is something that's democratizing and freeing and The idea of Facebook was it freed you from the social world, it connected us all, and it gave the power you know to each individual to chart his own course. But that's not what Facebook became. Um, but but I do think that's similar in Bitcoin.
0: I love that analogy. I, I think that's so poignant and it's exactly right. And, the, you know, there's now social networks that can be built on top of Bitcoin, which people don't really understand. Whereas, you know, Bitcoin is that underlying data structure, right? right? Like a server, people can start to grab onto that data and build applications on top of. So in the same way that Facebook was architected on, you know, all these centralized data stores and that we see now what happens with all the news about how everybody's privacy and everybody's data is getting Leaked and uh, hacked and all this stuff. It's like now these new social networks. I mean, EOS just popped up uh, this thing called Voice, which is supposed to be distributed Facebook. So right. I really like that you kind of brought that out at the yeah. At and the you know, what's really cool
2: is if want to get even deeper. When I wrote uh, The accidental Billionaires, Mark Zuckerberg was the revolutionary and the Winklevoss twins were the establishment. You know, they were (laughs) were the bad guys representing the evil establishment. And now it's flipped upside down. And, And Zuckerberg is the evil establishment in a lot of ways. And the Winklevoss twins are part of this revolution.
3: And going back even further to previous books you wrote, like uh, Ugly Americans, a story of the Ivy League Cowboys who rated the Asian markets for millions. Do you feel like there's a lot of things going on in the crypto universe right now that can parallel that? Or do you feel like we've evolved beyond the Wild West and we're ready to come out to a more um, regulated and honest Business, or do you see the same thing happening over and over?
2: Yeah. So, you know, my book, Bitcoin Billionaires, is really about the origins following the Winklevoss twins from getting in very early. But, you know, you're right. Bitcoin comes from this wild west. Nowadays, a lot of people in the crypto world try and avoid its dark past. But the reality is that dark past was a big part of how Bitcoin was formed. It started off with these libertarian, almost anarchistic points of view. It was involved with Silk Road. I mean, Silk Road was the first proof of concept in a lot of ways for Bitcoin. And the whole idea of, you know, using it to Hide who you were, to do dirty things, to buy drugs. And Bitcoin has come so far from that. I think that that's part of its its beginnings. And the wild cowboy aspect of it is a big part of my story. But where it is now, yeah, is moving right in the direction of being a part of the modern world, of, of growing out of that. And I think the Winklevoss twins do represent, you know... They're still the guys in suits, you know. They're still the men at right. Harvard that they were in that story, and their involvement sort of coincides with Bitcoin dropping. The darker aspects of it.
0: I was just in New York recently for the Blockchain Week, and Gemini ads are plastered all over New York. Right. But their advertisement strategy is, "quote We are the most heavily regulated exchange." Right. They're trying to put the grown-up pants on for the crypto world, right? Where everybody oh. else offshore, fancy structures, skirting around laws. And Gemini's like, hey, we're going to go in the most heavily regulated state of New York where they have the bit license and they have all these trappings and whatnot. And they're going to own it from the top down rather right. than from the bottom up and getting squirreled. Which
2: so. is very smart because if Bitcoin's ever going yeah, to make it to the next level, you know, the scams and all of the sort of dark stuff and the drugs and even if you might believe in these libertarian principles. You know, the libertarian principles are wonderful and you might believe that people should be free to do whatever they want. But if you're going to have a new form of money, you have to walk away from that. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it's very hard to sell that to mainstream
1: America. Hey Ben, you have written about Mark and the Winklevosses, and you're writing about blockchain and uh, cryptocurrency these days. You also have a social science background from Harvard. Is that correct?
2: Um, yeah, basically. I, you know, I studied a lot of social and political theory at Harvard. Yeah.
1: So, so with this, what is your philosophy behind this uh, interest that you have from you know the social network, the uh, Winklevosses, the, and, and Bitcoin and blockchain? What is your own ethos behind your motivation to the books? and your research.
2: Yeah, so I always want to write stories about the next big thing, about something that I think is going to change the world in a dramatic way. You mm. know, I saw that in Facebook and I, and I see that in Bitcoin. I really never intended to write a book about Bitcoin. I'm not a guy who knew much about it. I'm not a math guy. I don't know about, you know, crypto at all, really. And what happened was, you know, I would written this other story and, and the Winklevoss twins, I had seen them as the alpha males. They were the jocks chasing Mark Zuckerberg around the gym. You know, they were the bad guys in every 80s movie I'd ever seen. And then I'd read just last year, year and a half ago, that the Winklevoss twins were suddenly the first Bitcoin billionaires. And that kind of blew my mind that these same guys were suddenly coming back with this whole second act. And it made me look at them again, because I don't think you can be in two revolutions by accident. I don't think you're right. struck by lightning twice. It made me reevaluate who they were. But it also made me look heavily at Bitcoin and wonder, well, what was I missing? You know, everybody missed it. Um, The majority of people missed it. Silicon Valley missed it. Not just the price, but what it could be. And I think that starting to look into it and seeing, you know, it makes more sense than the form of money that we use today. And the idea of money that I can send from me to you with nobody in between us and no authority, the same way you send an email or, or a text, it just makes sense for where we're going. You know, twenty five years from now, that's how money is going to work.
1: That's very interesting. What you said is you said you said that they're in two revolutions at the same time, and you made you reevaluate who they are. Yeah. Who are they, and and what did you realize after doing so much research and understanding who they were? Yeah. I mean, what, why, why? Yeah. Why are they in these two uh, industries that are emerging? So I,
2: I definitely got them wrong. You know, when I met them for the first time in New York, they walked into the room and and they're like something out of Greek mythology. You know, they look like they're gigantic and they're Olympic athletes and they're you know and so I. Ju- judge them immediately, as most people do. But the reality is, I think they were much more part of the founding of Facebook than people give them credit for. And the reason that Zuckerberg ended up settling with them with so much money was that they did come up with a few ideas that did feed into what Facebook became. And so then seeing what they're doing with Bitcoin and why they were interested, because they're not the guys you would think would normally be interested in Bitcoin in 2012. You know, 2012, it was dominated by people like Roger Ver, people like, you know, Voorhees, people who were very, very smart, but really don't believe the same things the Winklevoss twins believe. And so I think they came to it seeing this is something that we can build. This is something that hasn't been taken over by Silicon Valley yet, but it's something that could be world changing, similar to what Facebook was.
3: So you mentioned that they had a lot of ideas into what Facebook became. And we also agree that Facebook is no longer what it was intended to be. What kind of impact do you think they're going to have on Bitcoin potentially changing it from what it was intended to be, if any?
1: Well, That's like, like I said,
2: I think for Bitcoin to succeed, it has to shed all those elements of its past that makes Wall Street nervous, that makes middle America nervous. And this is controversial to some people. I mean, some people are not going to like the direction that people like the Winklevoss twins want to move it in. But I do think... It has to be a regulated industry to some extent. It can be borderless. I mean, it doesn't have to be dominated by one country. But if it isn't acceptable on Wall Street, if Wall Street can't get involved, if the SEC can't be involved, and if taxation can't be involved, it will never succeed. Um, So I do think that to some extent, it it can't just be a place where Russian oligarchs and Chinese billionaires hide their money. It has to be something where my dad could be interested in it. And, you know, what I'm saying is like someone with a 1950s sensibility can look at it and not be frightened (laughs) off because there's a real generational thing going on with Bitcoin. You know, everybody who got into Bitcoin is young. Nobody over 40 really knew anything about Bitcoin. And that's got to change, um, I think for it to be the success it could
0: be. It's true. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of curious, like what's the most surprising thing that you've learned about Bitcoin, something that you didn't expect, but that you learned in your research with the Winklevoss twins?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the story behind Bitcoin, I, I gravitate back to the you know Satoshi story. I didn't know the mystery behind where it came from and, and how it came out of nowhere. And then this person or people just disappear. Um, right. To me, that's got an cr- incredible element to the story. And of course, you know, it's not something that's a mystery that's over yet you know we don't know who satoshi is or was or whether he's still alive or whether it's even one person i think there are some guesses to be made But I think that story was something I didn't know. For you guys, that's probably a story you've heard a million times. But for me, it was new and compelling. And then I just think the whole price dynamic of Bitcoin. Before I knew anything about Bitcoin, you hear the word scam and Ponzi scheme and things like that. And as I dug into it, you know, that's definitely not the case. And it was intriguing to see how important it could be you know, in, in the future. But I think the Satoshi story was one that really hooked me to some extent.
1: You know, you mentioned like a uh, scam and Ponzi scheme. And one of the things of Crypto 101 that we've always tried to do and we are going to continue doing is to educate people that, you know, these are uh, actual threats, but there's actual great use cases uh, for Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology. Like you just said, 25 years, this is how people are going to be uh, transacting. Yeah. What are you trying to do with your...
4: Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi video lock. they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it's truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, Video Lock, or visit ufeofficialcom slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. Youfye Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. Books. What's your, what's, what when you write a book like you know, um, accidental billionaires and Bitcoin billionaires and things like that? What are you trying to accomplish from the reader? What do you want the reader to get out of this? Yeah. So
2: for me, it's really important to tell that origin story. You know, I like to think of it like you know, the Avengers. It's almost like the Marvel Universe. And and so the social network was kind of the beginnings of this whole story that leads to Zuckerberg, but also leads to all the different kind of unicorn companies in Silicon Valley. For me, it's it's the mythology behind Zuckerberg. It's the, the origins of that. And I think with Bitcoin billionaires, I'm trying to tell the origin stories of Bitcoin, you know, as a thriller. I mean, it's something that I'm hoping that every high school kid and college kid eventually reads because it's fun and, and it's exciting. But it tells you the beats of that story and as bitcoin becomes such a big part of our future this will be the thing i hope people look back on when they really coming from outside you know i'm a layman and i think most of the people who gravitate to my work aren't people who are experts in the in the subject this is how you teach bitcoin to people who have no idea what bitcoin is you you couch it in a, in a thriller in a movie like the social network and this will be a movie as well And hopefully will be the movie everyone looks to 20 years from now when Bitcoin dominates our financial system. They'll look to this movie as to how Bitcoin came about.
0: That's freaking awesome! I had no idea this was going to be a movie, and it actually just reminded me we haven't mentioned this yet on the show uh, during this episode. But you are, and I quote, the sexiest author on People's <laughs> Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive list was, because because you have two number one box office movie adaptations. I was I wait was. a minute, you, I mean,
2: I I mean lost? that was the younger me <laughs> when uh, when, I, when I was in the People Magazine issue. I think it was a while back. You have to remember the author category is the easiest category to get into. Yeah, because <laughs> you're competing with like Stephen King and, and uh, you know you're going to probably win that and George R.R.
0: R. Martin <laughs> right, right exactly
2: but um yeah I've had uh, the movie 21 about the kids who beat blackjack, blackjack if you remember that movie and that book was Bringing Down the House and then the social network and um, working on a couple other movies as well. But Bitcoin billionaires, we hope to get army hammer back playing the twins.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. That would be super. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to me. Few people, okay. Aside from the wives of these men and maybe the parents, like few people know them as well as you've gotten to know them in the past. So, I guess from your perspective what are some of the biggest similarities and differences between them like right. I'm kind of talking about like their management style like we think they're twins and we always group them into the same person but they got to have different management styles different you know, risks for appetite and, you know, personality right. and preferences. Like, could you give us a little color on, sure. you know, Cameron and Tyler? What are the differences? Yeah,
2: First of all, there's no wives yet. You know, they're still, <laughs> out and about. they're the guys who go to the Met ball with supermodels on their arms. So they're the anti-Mark Zuckerbergs in a lot of ways. They are uh, not just identical twins, but they're mirror twins. And what that means is one of them is lefty, one of them is righty. If one of them has a mark on the left hand, the other one would have it on the right hand. It's yeah. a really cool subset of of uh, identical twins they were actually attached so long in the process that one more day they would have been conjoined twins so when you talk to them it's like talking to one person split into two and (laughs) yes they do have different personalities and i think tyler is is more detail oriented i think he's more checking the facts and figures cameron is a little bit more jokey but together they make one person and they do a lot together i mean they run their company together And they have a lot of confidence, I think, because there's two of them, you know, when one of them thinks something, the other one is backing it up and pushing it forward as well. So it's pretty interesting.
1: I want to ask you a question about your process. You know, I've written one book. And it's a monumental task to keep doing this over and over and over again. What is your process to get all of this content out?
2: No, there's no team. It's me. So basically, when I, when a story comes across that I'm interested in, and usually people are pitching me stories. I get so many emails and Twitter and Instagram. Oh,
1: great. I got one for you, too.
2: Send it along. So basically, I meet with the main characters. I do as much research as I can. And then I, I write a proposal, which is usually like a 15-page treatment. And I actually sell my projects in Hollywood first. Um, so my last sort of 10 books I've sold as a Hollywood movie, then I actually sit down and I write the book in this kind of crazy fury of writing. And I write a book in about three months. So I've done basically a book a year for the past two decades. You know, people have only really read a couple of my books. Only a couple of them have been really big. But I've written, you know, pretty much every year another book. It's it's a little crazy. It's, a, it's an intense process that not, I don't necessarily recommend it to everyone because it's demanding to keep on that sort of schedule. But um, I get sucked into these stories. You know, I want to become a part of them. I spent a year with the Winklevoss twins, you know, following me around and learning about Bitcoin through their eyes. And before that, I was a member of the MIT Blackjack team going to Vegas every weekend. And so you you get to do exciting things in the process. But the writing is hard. You know, you know, it, it's sitting there and staring at a computer until it comes
1: out. And, and how's that for your family life or, or your personal well, I'm life? Like, yeah, I mean, I provide, I'm i very good at compartmentalizing everything. So, okay, you cool. know,
2: my writing life and then I have two little kids and, and a family. I live in Boston. So... You know, we, we, I have a, I have a normal life and then my writing life. Um, so there, there's just two different parts of my life.
0: So you've lived with these guys for a year or in the past, right? What year was that that you were with them?
2: I mean, I was hanging out with them basically for the past two years.
0: I would Past say. two years. So I, I kind of want a little tidbit. I want the most interesting story that you have about Tyler and Cameron that was not in the book.
2: Yeah, that was not in Bitcoin Billionaires. You know, I mean they are over the top characters i mean i I'm, I'm huge fans of them and i'm a little intimidated by them because they were the kind of guys in high school that i was hiding from <laughs> you know i was you know locked in a in a, in a locker while those guys were you know, i think what's interesting about them is that they perceive themselves to some extent as underdogs and it's you know, hard for some people to see them that way because of the world they come from. But what's interesting to them, and and, uh, it is really kind of in the book, but how screwed they were by Mark Zuckerberg. You know, we see this after the fact and, and because of the social network, it's somewhat ridiculed, but we think, hey, they got a lot of money. And the, the truth is, I think Zuckerberg set out to screw them. And I think that he, you know, as came out in his instant messages later on, he really strategized a way to screw them. Um, yeah. it's, it's in the book, but I think the, the fact that they really live with this and it's not something that they can just walk away from. And it's not about money. It's not, it's not about money at all. They, they don't really care that much about money. What they care about is the sensibility of someone lying to them of cheating them, and I think those are the things they take very seriously but i don't know i mean they're interesting guys to hang out with you know they live a lifestyle that's really incredible um you know they they I, I get a call from them and I I can't really hear what they're saying. And then I ask why the phone isn't that clear. And they say, well, we're on a a gondola about to ski a glacier in in Whistler, (laughs) you know? So that's the kind of life that they live, which is really quite incredible. Um, Yeah,
0: you you said something really interesting right there that I just picked up on. And it was how they felt so freaking screwed over by Mark Zuckerberg for the Facebook thing. But now in a kind of interesting... Turn of events, Facebook is now announcing their own cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah, you know what I heard, I heard is that actually it was uh, Tyler and Cameron. They went over to talk to Mark and wanted to pitch him Gemini Coin, the stable coin, to use for Facebook. And uh, then and then and then Mark was like, "Nah, I don't want that." And he turned around and made a stable coin.
2: Well, I do believe this is all very personal. I really think it comes down to this personal battle between the Winklevoss twins and Mark. You know, they feel the engine that drives them to build. What they build is really to get a second shot, you know, a big second act and and take on Mark again. And Mark launching his own coin, there's no way that's a coincidence. You know, I really, truly don't think that Mark could be doing this without thinking about the Winklevoss twins. And it's interesting that their company is called Gemini and his coin is supposedly going to be called Libra. I mean, right. this is really right out of a movie. I mean, they're really, you know, it's, it's not going away. There's going to be a big third act and a third battle. I think the twins are way ahead of Mark on this. I mean, he didn't know anything about these coins and Bitcoin until very late in the game, just like most of Silicon Valley. So it's interesting that if he launches this thing, how that's going to play out, whether it's going to be Bitcoin and, and, and the twins or it's going to be whatever monstrosity Facebook creates.
3: And speaking of being ahead of the game, uh, the Winklevoss twins are behind something called Flexicoin, which was just recently announced at Consensus. and the partnerships of actual retail stores here in the United States is without competitor to anything else in the crypto space. These partnerships that they've made. I was wondering if you've heard anything on that when you were spending time with them and if you can tell us anything more about it if you have. Well, I
2: don't have any specifics on that. I will say that. But I think there's an interesting thing going on with Bitcoin about what it should be, um, whether it should be gold, you know, whether it should be this store of value. Like gold that you don't really use so much in a day-to-day, but that – you invest in and hold on to, or whether it's going to be a form of currency, You know whether we're going to be using it as cash right away to buy things. And with the price being the way it is, volatile and so high, it's hard to see it being used daily. More likely it's gold 2.0 right now. So I do think that that's a battle being played out right now is what Bitcoin is. And the twins are kind of right in the middle of that because they see it both ways, I think. But yeah, I don't have any specifics on that.
1: Ben, I, I want to say first, before we get out of here, I want to say uh, thank you very much for taking the time and coming on and talking to Bryce, Pete, and myself. And I also want to say uh, the thank you to Steve, Steve Cohen, the producer for the James Altucher podcast, for connecting Aww. us and allowing us to you know, have this great conversation. I mean, dude, you're super interesting. We could do this for two hours and – the only reason why we're getting off is because we're trying to keep it within uh, our podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you. I
2: really appreciate doing this. I know I'm kind of an outsider new to the crypto world, but i am really become a big believer in this. I really do think it's the next form of gold. And I think it's just the very early beginnings here. And so my goal was to get out ahead of it and tell the origin story. And it just so happens it's through these characters that I've, I've known well for a long time. But it's been really fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Hey, Ben, before we get off, uh, where can the viewers uh, purchase your book? Is it just an Amazon store? Is it a certain site you want to drive them to? It's
2: Amazon's great. It should be in every bookstore at the moment. I think uh, you know it's, it's out in a massive way. So it's a, your favorite independent bookstore. Amazon is always great to me, and it's available on Audible as well. And so if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. But yeah, it's everywhere.
0: Amazing. And do we uh, follow you on Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, That's-
2: Twitter. It's Ben Mesrick on Twitter and Ben Mesrick on Instagram. And I do respond. So if people tweet or Instagram to me, I'll, I'll be right all over it. Um, So uh, happy to hear from people and uh, pitch me some stories.
0: (laughs) All right, awesome. Well, hey, Crypto 101ers, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Keep your eye out for the book and for the movie eventually. Uh, Bitcoin billionaires, Ben Meserich, thank you for coming. Thanks so much for having me.